You may be seated. We're going to be talking again on the subject abound. We looked at it last week, and we're going to go further. The word abound means to be copiously supplied. It means to be filled or to team. Synonyms and related words to the word abound is abundance, ample, fruitfulness, galore, generosity, lavish, manifold, profuse, rich, abundant, and teeming. Amen. Now, what we want to make sure that we never do in our lives, we never want to limit God. Never limit Him. Now, the children of Israel did limit Him. And so I want you to open your Bibles this morning to Psalm 78, and we're going to look at verse 41. Psalm 78 and verse 41. Yes, they turn back. Is it possible to turn back and turn away from the plan of God? Well, they did. They turned back and they tempted God. But not only that, they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited Him. Now, how or in what ways can we limit God? Somebody said, well, God is unlimited. Yes, he's unlimited, but we can limit him through our mindset. We can limit him by the way that we think. We can limit him by the way that we speak. Don't allow your mindset to limit God. And then another great point is this. Don't allow your past to limit God. Don't allow your where you came from to limit him. You know, he does take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And many of us qualified. Don't let your lack of ability limit God. We serve a big God. We serve a good God. Now look with me in verse 19 of that same psalm. Psalm 78 and verse 19. Look what it says here. Here's what they were thinking. Here's what they were talking about. They were turning back in their thinking. Turning back in their words. And in verse 19 it says, Yea, they spake against God. Just mark that down. That's not a smart thing to do. God's for us. We need to be for him. It's not a question or not whether or not he's for us. He's for us, all right. But are we for him? And so what they did is they spoke against God. And here's what they asked. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God? You know what the answer is? God can. Can God turn your finances around? God can. And God will. So when I ask those questions, the answer I'm looking for today is God can. And God will. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness for you? 
Can God take cancer out of people's bodies? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Can God get you a promotion on the job? God can and God will. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, if that's all we said right now, that'd be enough to take us through the whole week. God can. And God will. Oh, yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. Daniel knew he could. That's how Daniel made it out of the lion's den. The three Hebrew children knew that God can. That's how they made it out of the burning, fiery furnace. Because they knew that the fourth man could show up right in the midst of all hell breaking loose and set them free and deliver them and bring them out of that furnace without even the smell of smoke on them. Can God take you through the fiery tests of life? We're looking for God can and God will. Can God take you through the fiery tests of life? Yes, he can. And yes, he will. With man, impossible. But with God, possible. I mean, just think for a few minutes, moments. Just think about what he's already done for you. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. That'll put a shout, amen, into your life. That'll put a Holy Ghost stride in your step. Look what the Lord has done. He healed your body. He turned things around for you. He brought you into a large place, a spacious place. He brought you into a wealthy place. He brought you into a place of rich fulfillment. He brought you and he brought me and he brought us into glory to God, his plan, his will, which is rich, which is wealthy, which is moist and very fruitful. Amen. Can God take a fruitless life and turn it around and make it a fruitful life? Woohoo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, he can. And yes, he will. Can you thank him and praise him in your midnight hour? I can and I will. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Lord. Can God cause this building and this property to be paid in full years and years ahead of time? Some of you aren't going to say anything no matter what I say. That's all right. Just hang out. Look at John 10 and verse 10. John, the 10th chapter and the 10th verse. Thank you, Jesus. He is good. 
He is so good. John 10.10. The thief, speaking of the devil, cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. This abounding kind of life, this abundant kind of life came into your spirit the moment that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This word abundant means exceeding over and above, superabundance. It's not just enough of the God kind of life. It is more than more than enough of his life. Mr. Strong says that this word abundant means superabundant in quantity, superior in quality, and by implication, excessive. My God is excessive. He excessively loves you. He excessively went to great lengths to save you. Amen. Amen. We need to understand that he's for us. Amen. He really is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Is that right? If, I mean, if God is for you, what difference does it make who may come against you? You know, there's a real strong emphasis on all the things that God is against. Well, he's, a, he's against sin, and he's against this, and he's against that. And You know, you can get a God against mentality and become very legalistic in your view of life. God is against sin, but he's for you. Amen. Amen. He's not for all the stupid things we've done. But he's still for us. He's always been for you. He is forever for you. He knew through predestination that you would come to Jesus. He's been for you from before the foundation of the world. Oh, hallelujah. My God is for you. He's not against you. He is, in fact, and indeed, on your side. <laughs> oh, say it with me three times. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. And the Lord is on my side. So don't limit him by thinking and saying that he's again you. Well, you just never know what my God might do. He might just slap this little disease on you or this big disease on you to teach you a lesson. Come on now. My good, good father is not borrowing things from the devil to give to his children to teach him some sort of a lesson. He's smarter than that. He's bigger than that. He's better than that. He's a good, good father. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Well, I didn't intend to go this way, but turn over to Psalm 118. His love for you is abounding and it is abundant. Psalm 118, and uh, we'll begin in, uh, I think it's verse 5. Let's look over there. You got time this morning? Psalm 118, and uh, verse, verse what? Verse 5. Now notice, it says, I called upon the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me and sent me in what kind of a place? Now notice, a large place is the exact opposite of a narrow. His will is not narrow. His will is broad. His place for you is spacious. His place for you is moist. Amen. Now here's where a lot of people struggle. Because they have a lack of self-worth if you're trying to get your self-worth from people and things you're looking in the wrong place your self-worth comes in him and through him what we need is a rebirth hallelujah of self-worth through the new birth and when you look into the word of god and you see who you are in christ and how much he loves you your shoulders will be back it'll put a smile on your face He didn't bring us into an... I don't like tight places. I don't like tight homes. You ever seen these little tiny houses that they're selling now? I don't don't remember when Brent and I were traveling one day. but Man, I don't know how anybody could live in one of them tiny... You'd have to walk around like this. Time for coffee. I don't like straightened places. I don't like narrow places. He brought you and me into a large place. Now here's what, and here is where enlargement happens. Enlargement happens on the inside of us. He said unto the church at Corinth, be enlarged. Okay, now verse 6. Let's read this verse together. Can, can we? Ready, read. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Woohoo! Glory to God. The Lord's on your side. Don't let that old slew-fit, lying devil convince you that you're alone. Just like the enemy is against you, get it right and get it down in your spirit. God is for you. You're not alone. He's on your side to help you, to deliver you. And why is that? Because he's for you. Because he is for you. 
There is nothing that will ever separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death, nor height, not principalities, nor powers, not things in the past, not things in the present, nor things to come. Nothing can separate you from the fact that he's for you and that he loves you. No wonder Paul said, who in all these things I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Because I know he's for me. Now notice this verse again. It says, the Lord is on my side. He's on my side. I remember when we were kids, I went to a Catholic grade school in Minneapolis, Minnesota, by the name of Visitation. It was about four blocks from my home. It was on 46th and Lindale. I lived on 49th and Bryant. And so we'd walk to school, and we had a pretty big playground. It seemed big at the time. It wasn't probably really that big. But when it came time to play touch football or to play whatever we were playing on the, on the playground, you'd pick sides. Yeah. And you wouldn't look for the person, well, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, you wanted the biggest, and you wanted the baddest, and you wanted the most athletic person on your team. So if you could get first picks, it was awesome. Well, glory to God. Jesus has picked you. Amen? Amen. And he's the biggest of the big. And he's the, he ain't the baddest of the bad. He's the goodest of the good. And he's on your side. You know what that means? That means you and I win. But not only does it mean that you and I win, notice this verse. It says, the Lord is on my side. When this becomes real in you, when you know that God is absolutely for you and not against you, it will take fear right out of your life. You will face life fearlessly. Why? Because the Lord is on my side. Hallelujah. When this becomes real to us, there'll be no fear. Now notice in verse 7, Psalm 118, verse 7. It says, the Lord takes my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. In other words, he takes your part to help you. He's on your team. And he is on your side. Amen. Now let's go over to Psalm 23. Let's get back to this subject abounding everyone say abounding love abounding grace abounding hope abundance of peace abounding joy abounding life now i want you to notice this uh fifth verse of psalms 23 psalm 23 verse 5 it says, he prepares a table before me. Where? Right in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil. And what happens? Your cup, what? It runs over. Let's work with this verse for a few moments. Number one, 
He prepares a table before you. This word prepare means he makes ready for some purpose or for some event. It also means he makes a provision on this table for abundance. Now one thing about our father, I believe this, that he is the best chef that there ever was. When he says he prepares a table before you, it's going to be a beautiful table. It's going to be a bountiful table. And I will guarantee you one thing. Our father is not out serving up bologna sandwiches. I mean, if you were invited over to our house for dinner some night, and I talk about all the good things that Brenda makes, and you come over, man, and you're ready, you haven't eaten all day, because you know then Pastor Brenda has prepared something really good for you. And so you're sitting at the table and the door opens up and Brenda comes out with a tray full of bologna sandwiches and stale potato chips. You'd say, dear Jesus, I should have stopped it in and out on the way over. Well, like Brother George says, I'm ready to order a pizza right now. No, no, no. God's table is copious. God's table is bountiful. God's table is full. Amen. And, you know, I know that there's going to be a table in heaven, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and that's going to be awesome. But that's not referring to that time. It's referring to this time. Somebody says, how do you know? Because it's in the presence of our enemies. And our enemies are not going to be in heaven. Our enemies are here right now. Say, thank you, Jesus. The enemy is defeated. So then all we need and all we ever desire is on the table. It's in the presence of our enemies. Yes, the enemy's real. The problems that we face, the challenges that we face are very, very real. But here's the good news. The enemy is not invited to the table. Oh yeah, his presence is here in the earth. But as far as you and I are concerned, he's under the table. Why is that? Under the table. It's because he's under your feet. He's under our feet. How many of you remember the old song? Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. Come and dine. Come and dine. Come and dine. The master's calling. Come and dine. Thank you, Jesus. Too many Christians, I mean, I don't mean to be ugly, but they're trying to survive on a quick snack once a month. When God's prepared a feast for us to partake of every day. Every day. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them. And when your words went into my heart, they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Somebody say it with me. There's joy. 
There's joy on the table. Now, what else is on the table? Well, healing's on the table. If we had time to look at it this morning, we would discover this, that Jesus said that healing is the children's bread. Are you not a child of God? What this is saying to us then is that healing belongs to every child of God. Healing is yours. And it's on the table. And it's typified as bread. Now, if you come to the table and you start saying, well, how come I don't have any bread? I would say to you, if you were at my table, just reach over to the bread basket. It's right there in front of you and take you some nice cornbread. Take you some nice sourdough from Francisco's. Just reach out the hand of faith. Come on, somebody. And take this bread of life that will bring health and healing to every fiber of your being. Raise your hands and say, Lord, I take it. I take healing bread. I take it right now. Hallelujah. Go ahead and take it. Just go ahead and take it. Well, I'm waiting for someone to lay hands on me. Now, laying on of hands is perfectly legitimate. It's awesome. It's in the Word of God. It's one of the doctrines of the church. But you don't always have to have someone lay hands on you. Amen? You can open up the bread basket of God's Word. Hallelujah. And you can take healing scripture after healing scripture after healing scripture and just keep eating and keep feeding and keep meditating and keep declaring by his stripes I am healed. Amen. Amen. Say it with me. Healing then is the children's bread. So he says come on and dine. And don't pay any attention to the devil. Just ignore him. Now, how many of your mamas told you that it wasn't polite to eat in front of someone else? I remember, you know, having friends over and and, uh, mom would always say, now, don't eat in front of them. Dinner's going to be at 6 o'clock. That's what time we ate. Dinner's going to be at 6. Don't you eat in front of them. You need to send them home or invite them to the table. It's not polite, right? It's not polite not to share what we have on the table. Amen. But we don't have to be polite to the devil. Our attitude should be while we're at the table is in your face, devil. Too bad you can't have any. Nah, 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 nah. You're not invited to the table. And you don't have a chair. What else is at the table? Well, is there not forgiveness at the table? How about peace? There is a peace that passes all understanding. You may be sitting at the table feeling a little stressed out. Just say, pass the peace, please. And just take, partake of you a big bowl of the peace of God. How do we partake of what's on the table? We've got to eat it. There's got to be some eating taking place. He said over there in the Word of God... 
that God's word is spiritual food intended to be eaten. Amen. Intended to be partaken of. There's joy on the table. Thank you, Lord. How many of you could use just a good dose of joy in your life? All right, let's say it right now. Thank you, Lord. The joy of the Lord. It is my strength. Just raise your hands up right now and say it. Lord God, I'm asking you for a strong dose of your joy. I believe it. And I receive it. And by faith, I just ha ha ha. Ha. I have a friend that calls me up on the phone and I don't always answer because I'm busy or, you know, I can't get to the phone on time or sometimes I don't know, to be honest with you, where my phone is. I know you can't believe that. Some of you can. You don't have to say that so loud, Raul. <laughs> Amen. And, and there's no caller ID on this. So I always know who it is. Same person. And so, you know, there might be a, a five-second message or there may be a 40-second message. But I'll pick it up sometimes. And this guy will just go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> And just laugh in the phone. I mean, he's faking it. But how many of you know you got to fake it till you make it sometimes? I mean, sometimes you just got to prime the pump and get the motor running, right? Amen? So let's just do it by faith right now. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. The devil's stupid. He doesn't know whether that's real or not. Come on, one more time. Ha. Huh? <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. He prepares a table before you in the presence of his enemies. Now notice this next part. He anoints your head with oil. Oh, thank God for fresh oil. Turn over to Psalm 92, if you would. Psalm 92. Here we go again. We're not even getting into the message, but you're doing all right, aren't you? We're getting into some good things. Psalms 92. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good to me. Filled me with the Holy Ghost. You're so good to me. Now notice this over here in verse 12. Well, in verse 10, actually. Look at verse 10. He says, But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be, what? Does he have plenty anointing for you? Does he have plenty of oil for you? Fresh oil. Not stale oil. Fresh oil. Look at uh, the amplified version of that particular verse, and we'll wait till it gets up on the screen. He says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. That's a decision of your will. 
There's abundant oil available for you. He anoints your head copiously and abundantly, amply with fresh oil. Let's read this in verse uh, 10 in the Amplified. Ready, read. But my horn, my emblem of excessive strength and stately grace, you have exalted like that of a wild ox, and I am anointed. Notice that word excessive up there. What kind of strength? Excessive strength. What kind of grace? Excessive stately grace. Now we're going to get into next week on this one scripture which talks about the abundance, the abounding kind of grace that is yours. But for this week, he has anointed you with fresh oil. Now lastly, look at that last statement in Psalms 23 verse 5. It says, my cup. What's happening to your cup? My cup is half full. No. Well, my cup is almost full. Almost full is not the same as running over. And full, hallelujah, is not the same as running over. Why not just go into the overflow? God doesn't mind it. He's excessive. Now one thing for sure, we don't want to get into error, but it's okay to get into excess concerning the things that he wants us to be excessive in. Psalm 23 verse 5 says, My cup runs over. Now here's a question. Doesn't he know when the cup is full? Doesn't he know when it's just enough? Now that'll be good. No. How many of you, when you go get gasoline, you top the tank? I mean, you want it. You want it full, right? Our God is a God who runs things over. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever been outside on a beautiful California night where the weather was just perfect and just right and the sky was just beautifully clear and you looked up into the sky and you saw all those beautiful stars? Beautiful stars. Just looking up there. Nice evening. And you saw all those wonderful, glorious stars. You ever tried to count them? Can you count them? There's no way you can count all the stars. Why? Because there's too many stars. We could say there's an overflow of stars. And then think about bananas for a minute. Did you know that there are so many bananas that the monkeys could never eat all of them? I mean, bananas are just falling off the trees by the millions, abundance of bananas. 
Well, doesn't God know when it's enough? No, he's excessive. He's a too much God. Too many stars. Too many bananas. Too much life. Too much joy. Too much peace. We serve the God of the too much. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I serve a God of the too much. And then you have these people talking about we're running out. We're running out. You know, you got to watch out for global warming. Yeah, there's going to be some global warming, all right. But it's not going to be till the end of days. Ah, you just, you just, you don't know. We're going to, we're, we're running out. Listen, as long as he's on the throne, as long as our too much good, good father's on the throne, I'll tell you right now, we are not running out. And I am not about to buy in to this tragic, judgmental, woe, woe, last days. Make sure that you get all these cans of dry puke food and store it up. And we've got it to sell to you. For just $9.99 a week. <laughs> for the rest of your life. I'm not, I'm not buying that. Can God furnish a table <laughs> in the wilderness? Can God? God can. Hallelujah. Hey, man, this is running material right here. Can God meet your need in the last of the last days? God can and God will. Yeah, but, you know, we may not experience a nuclear bomb, but they can do something up in the airways to shut America down and shut down the lights and shut down the electricity and shut this down and shut that down. Listen. Even though we walk, come on, through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Why? Because he's for us. He's with us. He's not against us. And though the mountains fall into the sea, can God take care of his own? Can God take care of his own? God can and God will. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he is. And he has. And he will. Don't buy in to the fear that is being generated in some quarters concerning the last days. Jesus is on the throne. And I found out this, that he's upholding all things by the word of his power. And if he's upholding all things by the word of his power, Joe, he can take care of you and he can take care of me. (laughs) Amen. He's propelling this whole universe. He's holding it together 
by the word of his power. I'm telling you, folks, your father is greater than everything. My father and your father is greater than all. Remember Y2K? In the year 2000. Remember Y2K? I know people that got still have water <laughs> stored up. And that's not to put people down. I mean, you know, if you want to get a generator, get a generator. You need to be earthquake ready and all those things. But don't do anything out of fear. Always do it out of the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Y2K came and Y2K went. Is he able? Is he able to keep the lights on? Can he keep the lights on? God can. And God will. Now, this message you've heard today is a seed. It's seed. And you know what happens with seeds? Seeds get planted, right? And they're watered. And then what happens? It's first the blade, right? Then the what? The ear. And then the full corn in the ear. And it's harvest. So let this God can and God will work in you as a seed because you're going to need it on the road of your life. Because the devil come along, you say, God can't, there's no way. Uh, No, he's against everything of God in your life. But you just get bulldog strong in faith and just look him square in the eye and say, my God can. And not only that, devil, my God will. And then take him back down to the past and say, look what he did here. And look what he did there. And I am persuaded. Hallelujah. That he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. So do you suppose he knows when the cup is full? Yeah. But we're not running out. That's why he just keeps pouring. Why does he keep pouring, Pastor? Because he likes it. He likes it. He's pouring where it's running over on the table. He keeps pouring to where it's running out onto the floor. And then right on into the street.